Welcome to the New Man Podcast, a show for brave men to experience freedom in their faith, sexuality, and relationships. The goal? To provide practical tools and timeless principles that help you become the man you were made to be. And now, your host, Sathya Sam. Hey everybody, Sathya Sam here and welcome to the New Man Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. Um, I just want to let you guys know really quick before we get into today's content that I am working on two books right now. Uh, One is a full-fledged book. Uh, I'm working with a team actually that's going to help me kind of, we're editing it right now. We're going to eventually... you know, publish it, kind of do like a self-publishing thing, but they're just helping me do it really well, if that makes sense. Uh, But before that comes out, because that'll probably be end of the year, maybe beginning of 2022. um, But before that, I'm releasing a smaller ebook. Um, It's really like, I mean, you could barely, I don't even know if calling it an ebook is quite correct, but it's it's a much smaller book. And it's basically my ultimate guide to recovering from pornography. And it encapsulates sort of the five most common mistakes that men make. And um, and then five best practices that you can do instead. <clears throat> Excuse me. So me and my team have been working hard on that one. And it's going to be coming out probably in the next week or two. Uh, but if you want first dibs on it, you can join my mailing list. And uh, that's on the homepage of my website, sathiasam.com or getadeepclean.com. Just scroll to the bottom of the page. You'll see a sign up there. And uh, that'll get you first-hand access to the guide if that's something that you are interested in. If you're really looking to... Um, I would say if you're looking to avoid the rookie mistakes that are commonly made, maybe you're early in the journey, or you're catching yourself in cycles and you don't really know how to get past a certain point, I can pretty much guarantee you this ebook is going to have some insights for you. And uh, the best practices are are just, they're so valuable. Um, I really got pushed to share my good stuff in this and uh, to not hold back. And, um, you know, it's just, it's like, it is what the good marketers do. And I know that. But sometimes I still have to make the mental hurdle to do that. So anyway, I, I did. I, I really uh, did not hold anything back in this ebook. And I'd love for you to get your hands on it if you think you need the help. So I uh, just want to make mention of that. But uh, for today's podcast episode, we are diving into uh, a really interesting subject here. And that is uh, kind of the physical part of porn addiction recovery. You know, it's interesting, like uh, when you deal with um, alcohol addiction, for example, alcohol addiction is, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's substance abuse. So it deals primarily with the substance. The substance has a physiological effect, but much of the addiction really is a, a psychological affair. It is dealing with somebody's brain, their neurochemistry, and, and then resolving it, you know, and getting them back on track. And of course, what happens is their their physiology starts to improve as a result. Their uh, their breath becomes better. Uh, their their internal organs are going to function a lot better. Their their heart is going to work better. So they're going to better circulation, and just all all of their simple physio uh, all of the simple physiological functions. That was a mouthful. Uh, all of those things start to work better, and as a result, then you know you get clear skin. They start to just look better. Their face looks better. They're going to have more energy. All that kind of stuff. 
it's interesting when you talk about something like porn addiction where you don't have a substance, um, but you have sort of a content. And there is a clinical term for it. I'm forgetting it right now. But there's, you know, it, it's not substance, but it is, it's content. And yet there's a very physical component to it because most people who are struggling with porn are also struggling with masturbation or some other form of sexual release. Um, and then, of course, you have people who are, you know, are sex addicts. And, and that is uh, very much a physical addiction. So I just thought it'd be interesting to kind of hash out some of the physical parts of, uh, of porn addiction. And I wanted to talk about two things today. And they're, they're very much separate, but in other ways, they're quite related. The first thing is PIED or P-I-E-D. And that is porn-induced erectile dysfunction. I know, just lovely terms that I'm sure you wanted to hear about while you listen to this podcast, doing whatever you're doing, driving, walking, running, cooking, cleaning, working, uh, whatever it is. Um, Porn-induced erectile dysfunction. So this is basically where, uh, because of all of the porn you have consumed, you have conditioned your brain to such a heightened degree of stimulation required to achieve arousal that normal sexual interaction with another human being does not suffice. So I've worked with guys who basically have had this problem and what it means is that when they get in the bedroom and the time comes for them to have that moment and and to sort of engage, their machinery is not up to the challenge, pun intended. It's not able to rise to the occasion. Okay, I won't use any more puns, but you get the idea. It's, um, it's that the machinery doesn't work because it's been conditioned by pornography because pornography is curated content, right? It's uh, the lighting is perfect. The bodies have had uh, plastic surgery and enhancement where it's necessary. And so it's created this very high standard, sort of an inhumane level that the brain recognizes. And when you get so accustomed to it, the brain will only reach a place of arousal with that level of content, that level of curation to the sexual experience. And so what it means is when you just have regular human interaction, that's not enough. It's, it's insufficient. So that's a really terrifying concept. And I'll be honest, when I struggled with pornography, I didn't know that was a thing. And I think it would have really freaked me out if it did. Um, and who knows? I don't know. I don't know if it would have freaked me out for the better or for worse. But, um, but it, it is a real thing. And um, you don't know that you have it until the moment comes. Let me just put it that way. So if, if you haven't had those opportunities arise... Um, you know, because you're not married, uh, or maybe you don't, you, you know, you're comfortable having sex before marriage, but you, um, but you haven't really had those opportunities. Uh, you won't know if you have PIED until the moment comes. Um, but what I can safely say for those who are on the other side is uh, that recovery is possible. So even if you, if you are in that place, whether you know it or not, you can recover from this. Your, your brain can be rewi- rewired uh, because actually like human sexual experience is native to our wiring. It's how our brain is, it's, pardon me, it's how the arousal parts of our brain are meant to work. Really what happens is when you watch this kind of um, like high level 
quality sexual pornographic content, what it does is uh, it basically just tells your brain that this, this is the standard for what for arousal. So your brain makes an adjustment. Your brain's not actually wired that way initially. It, it makes an adjustment. And so if your brain can learn that, it can unlearn it as well. And uh, we've talked a lot on this podcast about how to rewire your brain what that looks like. And those are topics that we will continue to dig into because uh, they're really critical. They're critical for success in general and certainly for recovery from porn addiction. Um, so I just want to touch on that. And I, I, I mean, you know, if you're not aware or in case you maybe nobody's ever told you, this is a reality because porn, porn um, addiction, it really affects your physiology. It, it has an impact on not just your brain, not just um, you know your, your the sexual parts of you, but just your overall physiology. Uh, it's really interesting. One of the common symptoms I'm observing in my clients lately, and people who are you know especially gung ho to sign up for Deep Clean, is sort of this um, this social apathy, uh, or actually let me use a better term: social lethargy, where people are. Um, are basically, you know, they know they should hang out with people, they want to hang out with them, but they would just rather stay at home. And it's not necessarily they'd rather stay home and watch porn. It's just that they would rather stay at home. Because, you know, they they are groggy, uh, maybe they're still in sort of the hangover after a slip. Um, it's usually at least indirectly related. Uh, but then there's also lots of people who experience it more directly. They are um, yeah, they're, they're, they would rather watch porn or they would rather, uh, you know, please themselves and get caught up in that than go and make the effort of human interaction. It's a great example of sort of, um, a secondary symptom of porn addiction. And I wanted to touch on, on secondary symptoms because, uh, sometimes you will have physiological things, physical things happen in your body and without realizing it, it's linked back to your addiction to porn. So here are some examples. Brain fog. Uh, brain fog is very symptomatic of porn addiction. Um, another example is low energy. Uh, so just, you, you know, you're not able to lift as much at the gym. You're not able to run for as long as you normally can. Um, or you just overall, you, you're, you don't have that kind of intense, pardon me, intentional focused ability that, that you normally do. Um, and usually, you know, these physical impacts, they, uh, the physical effects rather can be impacted by multiple things. It's not necessarily porn addiction, which is usually why we don't attribute them to porn addiction. We just think, oh, it's something else. It's my diet or I'm not sleeping well or whatever. Almost every guy I know, when he begins to recover from pornography, so he starts watching it less, he's able to, uh, you know, get some time back and whatever else. Uh, usually, at some point, like uh, a couple weeks in, where they've gone clean, they will comment on their energy levels, uh, almost without fail, energy levels. It, it is probably one of the first things that happens in somebody's recovery that indicates like, okay, the body is actually making an adjustment now and it's running a lot better as a result. So um, if you've experienced PIED, I just want you to know uh, you can recover from it, but you do need to get some help and you specifically need to get help 
to quit pornography. Like you have to stop watching porn yesterday if you want to get that problem solved because your physiology takes time to catch up. Those arousal centers for your brain, um, the wiring is is deep. It's it's very primal. So it's going to take a concerted effort. Don't try to do it on your own because um, most of the guys who come to me did. Uh, like they attempted to do it on their own and it failed miserably as a result. So don't try to do it on your own, whatever you do, um, but you can get help. Okay, the other thing I wanted to talk about is uh, probably just as important and very much in conjunction with uh, getting momentum in your recovery journey. Because uh, usually what happens is once guys can hurdle the psychological and the emotional barriers to recovery, they then encounter physical barriers. So as an example, and, and this is very prototypical, you have a guy who's struggling with porn daily to weekly, okay, somewhere in there. So he's watching porn anywhere from three to let's say seven times a week, okay, two to seven times, three to seven times, somewhere in there. So he starts doing the program and it's a slog at first and it's hard work and he's doing it because, you know, he kind of knows like, I think the Cynthia guys knows what he's talking about. There's other guys in his program who seem to have some some success. I'm going to trust the system. I'm going to do it. So he does work and the first week or two, it's basically the same. You know, maybe he was on the lower end, like only two slips that week, only three slips. But, you know, he's still in his kind of normal range. And he puts in the work, he comes to the group coaching calls, and about eight weeks in, all of a sudden, he's gone a week, a week without porn. So what happened? Well, he, he made some psychological adjustments. He had some, some changes uh, through the program, and he was able to get a better result. So instead of three slips in a week, zero slips in a week. Amazing. This is like, I mean, these are the kinds of moments that I live for as a coach. I am so thrilled when people reach this point. So two things happen once you start to experience some success, you know, once you start to sort of expand beyond your normal patterns. Number one, you will think that you are more free than you really are. (laughs) So, uh, oh man, the number of times I've seen this happen where it's like, oh my gosh, I think it finally happened. Like, here I am, I made it. I'm a whole week in. It's like, yeah, you're seven days in. So well done. You deserve a pat on the back, but keep going. There's still more work to be done, trust me. And people who fall into this thinking often believe that getting free is kind of this, it's like this switch that flips and one day it's just like, poof, you're free. Um, it just doesn't work that way. It, it really doesn't. It happens occasionally. Uh, it happens rarely, actually. But it is it is not the norm and it really should not be the goal because even people who get set free in an instant usually have a much harder time preserving their freedom. But people who go through a process, people who are systematic uh, and take their time, they get much better long-term results. But we're talking long-term, not seven days. So the first thing that the first mistake people make is they, they get way too confident. All right. So you should be proud, but make no mistake. There's still work to be done. You're not completely free. So stay humble. Number two, second thing that they run into is physical barriers. Usually, uh, it is one of two ways. It is um, seemingly uncalled for arousal uh, at inopportune times, like you're at work and, oh, there it is, or you get wet dreams in the night. So I'm I'm hearing a lot about wet dreams lately, uh, which is partially why I wanted to kind of go into this a little bit. But basically, uh, 
this is, this is a really frustrating experience for a guy who um, wet dreams don't usually happen at the one week mark. Usually, it's more like once you've hit ten to fourteen days. Um, now, again, this isn't all. This isn't research based uh, because unfortunately, porn addiction is just not as well researched as others. Uh, this is based on my observation of my own clientele. Okay, so you can take that for what it's worth. Uh, but usually, at about ten to fourteen days is where I start to notice. Um, okay. The, sorry, is where guys start to notice that they are having wet dreams. And it's really annoying because you've made all this progress. And here you are in sort of a vulnerable state. And you're having a very sexual experience in the night. Now, it's just a dream. Uh, I wouldn't count as a slip by any means because it's not a conscious choice. But it's so frustrating to have that when you've made so much progress. And then usually... If an, if a guy is ill-equipped, he will then spend the, the following day thinking about the dream, dwelling on it, wondering like, is that a slip? Did I do something wrong? Maybe I'm not making as much progress as I think I'm making. What's wrong with my mind? Why is it so dirty? And suddenly, what, what should just be a blip in the process becomes this, this mountain. And it, it feels like this overwhelming, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. So this is where the knowledge about the physical parts of porn recovery are really helpful because here's the deal. If you've been looking at porn for a couple times a week for an extended period of time, at least six months, uh, which is always the case with my client, almost always the case with my clients, usually it's, it's you know, years, sometimes decades that they've been in these kinds of patterns. Your brain is accustomed to not just arousal, but completion of the arousal or fulfillment of the arousal on a regular basis. Now, imagine, uh, let, let's take a different example that's not sexual. Let's take something like sweets. Imagine that every day after dinner, you have dessert, okay? Uh, you probably don't have to use your imagination for that. It's pretty common. <laughs> so every single day you have dessert. What do you think is going to happen if you go a week without eating dessert? Well, your brain is going to start to get really, really desirous of sweets. It's, it's going to get, it's going to have cravings and it's going to, it's going to start to get intense because your brain wants that thing that is so pleasurable that it normally gets on a regular basis. And because you're now depriving it, it's starved and the cravings intensify. Now, if your brain can't get sugar the normal way, so intense cravings, around uh, dinner time where it's accustomed to, it'll attempt to get those cravings met other times of the day. And so you'll start to notice that, yeah, you know, you actually don't have the cravings. They're not as intense at dinner, but now it's at lunch or now it's in the morning. But some way or another, your brain is finding other avenues. It's trying to find other ways to get that desire fulfilled. This is how your brain is wired. This is how it functions. And it's what makes humans so great because people who have desires that they must get fulfilled accomplish great things like Steve Jobs with Apple. Um, You know, he, he just had this insatiable desire to connect technology to the human experience and he did it in a masterful way as a result. These are good parts of our brain, but sometimes they work against us. And if we're not educated or we're not equipped, we can be vulnerable. So when you are experiencing wet dreams a couple weeks into recovery, all it is, is it is just your brain looking to get that satiation. That's all it is. It just wants the fulfillment of the need. 
So it it knows that there are other ways it can do it. If you're not going to give it the thing it normally gets, it will find another way to achieve the same outcome. And eventually what happens if you respond well, if you respond well to the wet dreams, you, you can you resist it, you see it for what it is and you carry on with your day. It's not an easy thing. I know I'm like kind of oversimplifying it, but that is basically what you're doing. If you can do that, then your brain will start to realize this isn't working either and it will move on. Now, you might be concerned that your brain is just going to keep doing this and keep doing this. And actually, the truth is it will. Unless you are offsetting the arousal tendencies with healthier ways to get your needs met. So this is why um, it's so critical that you have a, a system or a process along the way, because it's not just enough for you to use willpower to try to kind of push it off and stay clean. Instead, what you want to do is, yes, push it off, resist, fight, make the progress, but at the same time, give yourself better options. Give your brain healthier options to get those needs met. And as you do that, you're going to find that your brain, your brain is, uh, it, it becomes much more relaxed. You don't have the cravings nearly as much. And when they come up, you're able to respond in a really healthy way. And what happens then after that becomes a bit more normalized is your energy starts to come back, your brain fog goes away, and you start to live a much healthier life, not just in your body, not just in your mind, but all around, top to bottom, head to toe, you are a much healthier man. So that is our intro to the the physical effects of porn addiction. We're going to get more uh, into this. I mean, um, I'm, I'm posting very regularly, so uh, we have lots of t- subjects that, that we want to address here, and uh, we'll get into this more. If you have some specific questions around it, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, I'll, put, I'll put our email in the, uh, in the podcast notes, and you can always d- uh, DM me on Instagram as well if that's your preference. But hey, thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to do this. I hope this helps you become a man of integrity and confidence. Have an amazing day. Thanks for listening to The New Man Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, you can share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, please sign up for the weekly newsletter at www.sathiasam.com or follow on Instagram at Sam. Thanks again and see you next time.